Underdog Collectibles is an online shop run by collectors for collectors. Join them every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night as they break new products, talk sports, and hopefully you'll pull a great hit to add to your collection. This week they'll be breaking Bowman Chrome, Mosaic Football, and Allen and Ginter. Check them out at www.udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Heroes sent you. Remember, always bet on the underdog. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today, we are going to talk super collecting, and we are going to talk twins super collecting, and we are going to do that with none other than Stefan Loeffler, one of the hosts of the About the Card show. And he is a guy that has an encyclopedic knowledge of cards, which comes in handy when he's trying to collect every Twins base card along with the Washington Senators and put that together for his PC. So I wanted to bring Stefan onto the show to talk a little bit about his collecting background and his pursuit of his Minnesota Twins super collection. So with that, I'll roll the interview. Steph, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm nice to be here. Yeah, you know, it's it's time that we got together and talked a little bit about your super collection, if you want to call it that. You are somebody who goes deep into a twins personal collection, and I want to get into that in a little bit. But first, for those of who don't know you, I want to maybe spend a few minutes just talking a little bit about your background. So tell me a little bit about how you got starting in collecting. Uh, sure. So um, when, uh, we, when I was younger, uh, my parents had a box of 1990 score, 1991 Bowman football, and 1991 tops baseball set away stashed away and uh you know he would occasionally show them to me but uh he decided that uh being a young kid i needed some uh some hobbies and uh he, he thought you know one good thing to do to, uh, to have a collection briefly started with the postcards didn't really go far in that being a military family we move around a lot easy to pick up a postcard here and there but from there, uh, this is just it just merged into my love of sports and uh, naturally cards followed. I uh, <laughs> broke those boxes out for the factory sets open, flipped them over, read all the stats that especially 1990 score just has that huge big block of text for all of the players. Just fun stats, the learning. You know, Bob Boone has the catcher's all time record of games caught at the time. And uh, in 91 being a special year for Twins fans. Um, no, I especially took to 1991 tops. And then from there, just grew uh, blasters here or there as a kid or holidays or whatnot. And re- really, I kind of um, exploded into my grand unified, collecting just the twins, just these major companies uh, in 2009 or so. I'm nearly complete. So. so what year did you start collecting? What year was that that you started? Oh... 95, 96, somewhere in there. It'd have been about eight, nine. Okay, so 95, 96, those cards were a few years old at that point. 
and sure. it was right at the the tail end of the quote unquote junk wax era. A lot of a lot of things had already started to go down, and and some trends were already happening at that point. Um, that the the peak was over, but that's when you kind of got got started. Where were you? You you mentioned that you moved around a lot when you were younger, mm -hmm. um, being part of a military family. Where were you at when you started? Were you in Minnesota at that point? Um, no, we'd, we'd already moved. Um, so we were living, um, in Montgomery and then shortly, uh, thereafter we'd moved to, um, a suburb, uh, Prattville. Um, and then from there we went to Japan, New Orleans, briefly Ohio, which is where I met, where I eventually met my wife. And then, uh, after Katrina, we moved here to Texas. You are known for your almost deep encyclopedic knowledge of cards and facts about cards and some of the intricacies and nuances of different variations and errors and parallels and those types of things. You know, some would say a younger version of Rich Klein. Sure. And you talked about just a second ago, your interest in some of the, the stats that you were finding on the backs of the cards. And that was something that pulled you in. Where do you think that interest comes from? So uh, I've always kind of been a, uh, I mean, every kid has their favorites in school. So mine outside of PE <laughs> um, were the math and the sciences. Um, had a huge love for those. And, uh, you know, naturally baseball, more than any other sport, really brings in that statistical and historical record of, hey, this is what happened through the years. And you can kind of see the changes and the, uh, the effects on the game and, uh, you know, different batters hit this way or during this era, speedsters were more common versus home run hitters versus slap hitters versus, um, and I just really took to that, you know, being able to flip through a binder and seeing, okay, in this era, this is what was happening. Okay. Now take in the historical aspect of what was all going on in the United States at the time. And you can see how the things kind of piece together between either how tops produced the sets or how the players looked even. Yeah, it's, I've always thought that was really interesting. Let's dig into the Twins PC a little bit. Sure. You had mentioned already that you, you know, you lived in a variety of places. There were other teams that you followed and, and somewhat became a fan of as you were growing up. Sure. What made you land on the Twins as that area of focus? What made them be the team out of all of these other ones that you decided to focus in on? Well, so, and, you know, as you're growing up, you kind of try to find your own place and try to find what it is that you, you know, listening to albums, hey, I don't like that. Hey, I like this. Food. Uh, there, there are a variety of things that, uh, you know, when you're a young child, you try to find and latch on to as your identity. Um, and for me, being born in Minnesota and have plenty of family in Minnesota, I took to that. Hey, cool. And really, and I know that I've shared this on our show, but um, where we're living in Montgomery, there was a little putt-putt shop wherein, you know, for X amount of tickets, you get X amount of cards. Uh, it was 1981 Fleer. And uh, some of the cards that we picked out, you know, my dad was picking out the guys with like the biggest Afro or like the best dad, or hey, I've heard of this guy, essentially. Um, but I'd found a guy who was from my hometown. And that was really cool to me, being able to see, hey, my small hometown has... 8,700-ish people. Um, it's an hour south of the Canadian border. But, hey, here he is represented on a big league card, chewing gum card. Sweet. Okay, so while well, you start to follow him, 
And naturally, it just grows from there where, okay, um, while he didn't play for Minnesota, I like the Minnesota teams, not the Bears, not the Lions, not the anybody else. I really like the Twins, hometown team. They won, it doesn't help that they won the World Series the year I was born. And uh, uh, the Vikings, sure, by extension. Really took to hockey, huge sport in my state. Kind of got hosed over by Dallas, but they're in the champion. The, the, they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I'll root for them too. Much like I'll root for the Ducks if they were to ever make it again, because yes, sure, Mighty Ducks. They came from us. <laughs> Technically, Winnipeg is closer to my hometown than the Wild are, so maybe I kind of root for the Jets. But uh, now, for the most part, I just kind of stick to the Minnesota teams. Now, player and team collectors—they seem to come at it. A variety of ways or they can come at it from a variety of ways how did you land on what your approach and focus was going to be for your twins collection well sure i had known about tops obviously and score and you know doing some minor research when i was first organizing things of hey this is my upper deck box okay this is my tops box this is my this box that box and then eventually kind of evolved into um, the binder system that I have right now. But I, I decided that a easy project would have been when I first started to do just the base cards. I'll chase down inserts if I see them or at the right price, but I have no interest on them just yet. Parallels are cool. Numbered cards, I'll take. Not exactly chasing them down. Um and even if I already have a numbered version of the card, it's not the same number, so I'll take it. But again, I'm not chasing them down. So I found plenty of resources uh, back in the day, um, either just by you know seeing enough of the lists over and over and over again to see that, hey, I know that this guy played for our team or that guy played for our team. And it, having a near photographic memory, I started to pick up on who, who all of the alumni were either between the twins or the senators or whomever, that I, I could look at a checklist and say, hey, this guy might be one of mine. Hey, this guy might be one of mine. And then being able to see it eventually, yes, that is mine. Pick it up. Um, so uh, I, I nailed down that I wanted to finish the base set, and I nailed down that I wanted to do the main core companies, Tops, Donners, Fleer, Upper Deck, Score, Pinnacle, and whatnots. I kind of branched out a little bit afterwards because well, those quick those binders quickly fill up outside of the vintage. And then even then, you know, finding uh, our, our local boy here, Rich Klein and uh, Dr. Beckett and plenty of others that kind of helped me out fill out some of those harder to find niche uh, Tops High Series cards. And to the point that I'm down to, I think, two cards in the entire top run, Tops run for my twins. So uh, I'm looking forward to picking up those last uh, 51 and 52. So the primary focus is just the base cards. Yes. And, but it goes beyond just people in a twins uniform. Sure. Um, well, because if, if you look at it, so if once the senators moved to Minnesota in 61, they became the twins. Mm-hmm. But from that point to 51, it's only adding another 10, 12 years. Well, why not chase down the senators too? Okay. And then the senators kind of quickly evolved to, well, Rod Carew left in 79, but he only played to 85. Well, let's pick up his two. 
Okay. Kurt Blylevin left in the mid-70s, and he only played till 93. You can pick up his cards really quick. Um, and then it kind of evolved, you know, as the collection grew. Okay, well, Justin Morneau, he played for the Rockies and uh, White Sox Pirates. Maybe I'm missing a team here or there. Um, you're just finding these fan favorites. You know, what really took off, um, for me at least, were the, like, 2001, 2002 teams where – Nobody expected us to do anything. We were on the threat of contraction. And uh, having seen that in hockey, I really didn't want that to happen to my twins. And uh, I, I just, I, I can rattle off all of the players from those teams. Just uh, huge, huge fan favorites, even if they were only Luis Rivas. What would you say is your most memorable acquisition as you've tried to pursue this goal? It's going to burn me, but uh, I traded a Mike Trout rookie for a PSA 4.5 Harmon Killigrew rookie card. A good friend of ours, he said he'd actually pick two up, but wanted to give me the best value for it. Just give me something of equal return. At the time, the card only went for 60, 80 bucks. And he accepted the um, best offer, if you will, for it. Um, but uh, it nailed down one of the key vintage unattain- unattainable cards for me at the time. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, you can only go so far thinking about what things might have been or, or dwell on what they turned into, you know, onto the future. And so the Certainly. fact that it was a, a fair value trade at that point, that's what you've got to, to focus in on. And and dwell on but it still it still makes it memorable for sure <laughs> most definitely do you have any twins cards right now that are kind of your white whale or things that you need still need to fill in a hole but have had trouble tracking down or track or finding um not, not so much tracking down because for the most part everything that i have left over is uh, attainable but there are a few major names and uh, card numbers that i just haven't gotten around to yet um, David Ortiz's Fleer rookie. Card-wise, no, I'm pretty good. Uh, just some minor here and there's things that you know. If I were to show you my checklist, it was like you're really missing this. Uh, like well, one of, one of the last ones, um, an oddity that I knocked out was uh, 1992 Donruss card number 206. I think it's two, 206 or 226. Either way, uh, Greg Gagne. Um, just couldn't find it for some reason and uh, finally found it. So Now, uh, over the last couple of years, you've moved into a position where you work full-time in the industry. And sometimes when people do that and make those types of moves, they find that working full-time in an industry that is related to a hobby that they've got causes them to not enjoy that hobby quite as much. Have you experienced any of that or, or would you have a, a different perception? To, to, to a minor degree. I mean, um, I, I love what I do. Uh, it's great. A great company. Love to work for them. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, after working six, eight, 10 hours um, or flexible schedule, so whatever I want, pulling out my boxes it does uh it's not exactly the first thing i want to do right after i get off work but i set aside some time and i on the weekends or what what i deem as weekends um it becomes uh time for my hobby my own personal side 
or even, you know, um, hey, this is the thing I saw earlier today. Do I have that? And if I ha don't have that, where can I find that? So it, it's really fun either, not necessarily um, begroning looking at my collection, but finding new ways to appreciate it while at work. You know, hey, I've, I saw this earlier. Looks really cool. Love the set. Never would have seen it otherwise. Let me go pick up a couple of those because they feel a need. All right, I've got a few rapid fire questions here to end our conversation. Sure. And first up is, what is your favorite non-sports card podcast? Non-sports? And, and by non-sport card, I, I don't mean entertainment cards. I mean a podcast that is not card related. Okay, I got you. Um, so there's some, uh, really interesting news ones. Uh, there's a couple where they like take a really deep investigative dive into, uh, crimes, true crime stuff. What is your favorite junk wax era set? Ooh, hard not to say 1990 score, 1991 tops, but for true junk ability, 1988 score. It's got the notoriety of being the first score set as well. It does. Uh, just produced, well, at least the facility at the time was just produced down the road, uh, come, to, come, to, come to be. Um, but uh, it, it's a decent set. There's not any major real names in it. Uh, Ron Gant, really. Um, but uh, it's really colorful. Uh, I like the names. I like the uh, set bios. And I, th I think it's truly one of the most junkiest sets. What is something that you learned outside of the hobby that has had the biggest impact for you in the hobby? Um, work ethic uh, from my father. Um, you know, one of my first jobs was um, as a teenager. He would take me along on his side gig doing uh, construction and um, carpeting gigs. And, uh, you know, hey, $20 an hour is nice as a 14-year-old, but working hard manual labor and er, truly er, earning the value of the dollar comes to the hobby being, Hey, you know, this is nice. Do I truly want that for a dollar or can I wait and pick it up later? Or can I sell this and get it appraised or however, and find a way to pay for something else? It's something that you speak to the self-sustaining hobby truly, but it works off of that work ethic you have to put in the work to make what you want so where can people follow you so naturally we're on uh every wednesday 10 central uh i don't care what time pacific <laughs> uh on about the cards on youtube stitcher itunes uh anywhere you can find podcasts on twitter um you can find me either at uh, junkwax twins um or uh tweeting from the show account at About the Cards. Very cool. Well, thanks again for joining me, Steph. 